Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID, and today we're going to talk about the cliff. October 1st is less than a month away, and that's the day that things get really, really ugly for the airline industry, unless the feds decide to dump money in again. So today we'll talk about what this means. But first, I want to thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast. Almost every flight experiences turbulence, but did you know you can find out exactly how bumpy your flight will be even before you get on the plane? Visit turbulenceforecast.com to view turbulence maps for routes everywhere in the world. This free-to-use site provides access to the same maps pilots use, plus helpful explanations on how to interpret them. Turbulenceforecast.com also offers a concierge forecast by email service from the founder of the website. Place your order before your flight and you'll receive a personalized forecast by email that details what turbulence to expect during your entire route. Exciting updates are rolling out later this year, including all new enhanced maps and an upgrade to the forecast by email service, so be sure to join the mailing list to be the first to know when those features are available. Check it out today at turbulenceforecast.com. The cliff. It sounds really scary, right? Well, that's because if you're in the airline industry, it is. There wasn't always a cliff. The cliff was actually created back when the original CARES Act was rushed into law as the pandemic unfolded. And now it's creeping even closer. When the law was passed, it provided $25 billion to the airline industry in what's called the Payroll Support Program. Uh, We're airline industry... Uh, adjacent. Can we uh, can we get in on that payroll support program? <laughs> I would love nothing more than to pay you with more government money, Dave, but uh, this program isn't open to us. What the CARES Act did was basically take the salaries of all airline employees and pay them for six months. The money meant that airlines had free labor and could hopefully better survive what back then was still believed to be possibly a short-term issue. Well, that was a lot of wishful thinking. Uh, yeah, no kidding. The money was given to the airlines, but there were strings attached. So they couldn't just take the money and then lay off a bunch of people. Instead, they had to guarantee no furloughs or wage reductions through September 30th. At the same time, they also had to guarantee that they would keep flying to every domestic city on the route map with just a few possible exceptions. The idea was to keep the airlines in this frozen state until everything got better. Zombies. Exactly. If this is a short-term problem, Then by October 1st, the money would be gone, and so would the restrictions. The zombies could disappear. We'd be back to normal. But as we all know, things will be very far from normal when October 1st rolls around. The airline saw the writing on the wall long ago. They've been doing several things to prepare. First, they started asking people to leave on their own, with varying levels of sweeteners. Some of these were just offers of temporary leave, but others were permanent. And at least in some cases, they were really hard to pass up. At American, for example... Pilots over the age of 62, but under the mandatory federal retirement age of 65, they make a whole lot of money, but they were given a sweet deal to walk away. They'd get paid a minimum of 50 hours per month until they turned 65. That's more than half the normal salary, and it'd be paid out for them to do nothing. Uh, can I get that deal? (laughs) Oh, is your name Captain Dave now? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. The real problem here is that the recovery has been slow at best. Things started to look up in June as COVID cases fell, people were buying tickets, and then we all know what happened next. 
Everyone went out, states opened up, and COVID began spreading like wildfire. Numbers skyrocketed and restrictions were put back into place. So for the last two months, travel growth has been anemic, and that's being generous. How generous? Oh, well, let's look at the numbers. Fantastic. Uh, okay, you sound far more excited than I would have expected. <laughs> anyway, I like it. So the easiest way to look at this is by seeing how many people the TSA screened in the U.S. during the last week of June. From June 24th through the 30th, there were 4,056,843 people screened. That is a mere 22.7% of the number of people screened during the same period last year. Fast forward to August 19th to 25th, and the number was 4,841,168. That's 29.7% of last year. So yeah, it's growing, but that's some really slow and painful growth. I'll put the link to the TSA data in the show notes for people who want to take a look. All right, so six months later, and travel is still down 70%. Yeah, brutal, right? I mean, even getting your most senior pilots to take retirement isn't going to shrink the airline down enough to where it needs to be if you only have 30% demand. But they've tried some other stuff like giving temporary leaves, voluntary separation packages for people to walk away, uh, you know, mass executions. Oh, wait, that's not. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, (laughs) that may have been on the list. It just never actually happened. But so, uh... yeah. All of that sounds like it's not really enough, so uh, we uh, we can feel free saying that uh, winter is coming. Yes, we can use a reference to pop culture. <laughs> but uh, yes, winter is coming, and uh, so are the furloughs. There was a lot of noise being raised in Washington about extending the CARES Act funding into March, uh, extending it from October. Most of that noise is coming from the unions because, of course, they're trying to protect jobs. But it's also from the management of some of the weaker airlines that are out there. And that would provide a longer rope to these airlines, but it would also be a convenient way to kick the can down past the election. But, you know, as with pretty much everything in Congress, those talks stalled. And airlines can't really wait much longer. So the airlines build their schedules in advance. In the before time, they'd solidify things about 100 days out. But now that's a pipe dream. Things don't firm up until about a month out. That means you really can't have this down-to-the-wire congressional negotiation resulting in something at midnight on September 30th. By then, things are locked in for the next month and have been for weeks. Now, for some airlines, nothing will change either way. Financially Strong Southwest, for example, said it won't furlough people through the end of the year. It also doesn't want to pull out of any destinations. So October 1st will come and the airline will be in the same place. But other airlines aren't so lucky. American was the first to make a move when it announced it would pull out of 15 markets starting in October. That's actually now down to 14 markets, and two of those are delayed. But anyway, that's a long story that we don't need to get into. The point is, this sounds like a lot of markets that are just going away. But American is just starting out by suspending service for a month, and then continuing that on a month-by-month basis as they set their schedule. So if American says it's pulling out of my town in October, why would I even take a chance on buying a ticket for travel in November? I mean, you wouldn't, or I should say you shouldn't. That'd be ridiculous, because it probably will be extended. I can't imagine a one-month suspension. But hey, good news for you is that Long Beach is not on the list, so you're good to go. Uh, The cities on the chopping block are actually all smaller places around the country, like Del Rio, Texas, and Dubuque, Iowa. I'd like to see if you could find either of those on a map, Dave. (laughs) 
I'll take that as a no. But <laughs> the the biggest airport on the list is I th- I think it's Stewart, which is up in Newburgh, New York, which is a feeder alternate airport for New York City, or it's been pitched that way, but it's not doing so hot these days. Uh, but you know, there are a wide variety geographically, different types of markets, all that, but they're all on the smaller side. Some have speculated that this actually has nothing to do with market performance at all. And this is just some elaborate scheme to pressure senators in all the states that would be losing service. Excellent. Now we're talking. I'm uh, going to go get some popcorn. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that's a nice extra benefit to pressure the people in Washington. But I, I can't imagine that's really the primary reason for doing this. I mean, it's, it's not like these markets are rock stars by any stretch. But, you know, was there a 16th on the list that barely made the cut because maybe that's a friendly senator or something? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me, right? But there's always this political shuffling. I mentioned how it went down from 15 to 14. Uh, Roswell already got itself taken off the list. All right. So can you just pretend that there's some palace intrigue going on here? No. Oh, damn it. But look, I mean, I have to say, we talk about these markets, but these are just the markets that lose service entirely. Every market will have fewer flights compared to last year. In September, for example, United is planning to run only 44% of the flights it ran last year. Southwest is up at the high end at 57.5%. I keep having to kick myself every time I call that the high end because it's just so ridiculously low. For October, Southwest is actually down to 52% of last year. Americans in that same range. Delta's up to uh, 58.6%, a banner month for them. Either way, we're talking massive decreases. And up until now, the airlines have all been extremely overstaffed on the government's dime, still designed to serve all those passengers from a long, long time ago. Zombies. Yep, more zombies. But instead of brains, they eat government funds. And those funds are done on October 1st. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm just laughing at my own jokes now. <laughs> I got you on that one. That was one. That was, no, yeah. that was wonderful. Yes, you did there get you me on that one. All right. So when October comes around, it will be a tidal wave of job losses. So yeah, that's that's a way to stop the laughing pretty quickly here. Yep. Uh, but look at American, right? So between itself and the three regional carriers that it owns, Envoy, Piedmont, and PSA, American had about 140,000 people on the payroll sent a letter to employees on August 25th saying that at least 40,000 of those won't be working there in October. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty sobering. I mean, it, it's not all bad. You know, according to the letter, 12,500 left in one of the early out programs while 11,000 are just taking temporary leave. But there's still going to be 19,000 people who either get laid off or furloughed. The good news about a furlough is that when demand returns, those people are offered their jobs back. You'll find plenty of airline folks who've been furloughed during a previous downturn, and many know it's just a fact of life when working in this ridiculous industry. The bad news is that, well, that's 19,000 people out of work. Is there any chance that this doesn't happen? No, there's always a chance. At the time of recording, we'd already heard the president talking about using an executive order to extend relief to airlines. I have no idea how that would even be remotely possible since he doesn't control the purse strings. But there's still interest in additional relief in Congress. I can understand why the president would want it. The last thing he wants is tens of thousands of voters losing their jobs right before they choose who to vote for. Congress may be a tougher sell. 
But even if additional relief was passed, it's hard to say how that would work. All those people who took voluntary separation, would they be given a chance to change their minds now that the rules have changed? And with American already loading cuts to cities, would they be forced to re-implement them at the last second? Wheels have been in motion for a while, and as the cliff gets closer, it becomes harder to turn back the clock. Thanks for tuning in to Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. Before we finish up, I want to again thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast. Almost every flight you take has turbulence, but wouldn't you like to know how much there will be and when it'll happen? Check out TurbulenceForecast.com for worldwide turbulence maps, interpretations, and a concierge forecast by email service. You can receive a personalized turbulence forecast before your flight from the founder of the website. That's TurbulenceForecast.com. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, let us know. Email Dave directly at Dave at CrankyConcierge.com. If you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, let us know via email at info at crankyconcierge.com, or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Cranky Concierge. If you're looking for the top daily airline news stories, you can subscribe to Cranky Daily at crankydaily.com. <laughs>